Shea butter and popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Preparati per la stagione 4. Preparate para la temporada 4. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea butter and popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea Butter and Popcorn. With Taj and Chels, Season 4, Episode 1. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the podcast where your neighborly film fanatics review our favorite films and shows. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chels, singer, actor, blogger, podcaster, and all-around movie lover. My name is Tajiana, a.k.a. Taj, actor, director, teaching artist, and lover of all things Black, Black narratives, Black stories, Black everything. Welcome back. Yes, we are in season four. (laughs) So cool. This is going to be really, really fun. Um, We all know everybody's been going through so much, and I feel like this is our own personal exodus out of 2020, and 2020 has been hard on everybody, but you know what? It's a new year. We are here. We are grateful. We are thankful, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Most definitely. 2021 is for fun. Woohoo! Yes. Enjoy, you guys. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself with us. One thing that came to mind, which was so weird during quarantine, was the thought of superlatives. And I was going back down memory lane, and I was thinking about how superlatives is like uh, how you know what your classmates really think of you, whether you're voted like the class clown or best smile, most likely to succeed. The truth will set you free, fam. Seriously. And I always genuinely had like a big personality. And in middle school, I was named Miss Personality. No cat. I was. Hello. (laughs) I I can see why they would say that. (laughs) Right. Exactly. All over the place. All the time. Just yes. Very big personality. And as I got older, I feel like my life superlative transformed um, definitely into the ambitious one, the determined one, and my personal favorite, the well-rested one, because she loves her sleep. <laughs> she loves it. She, mm, oh, please, I will have the ministry of a nap. Thank you, God. Not I, the ministry. <laughs> I am a proud member of the nap ministry. Um, <laughs> this week, we are talking about best dress blockbusters. So this will be really, really fun. Um, we're going to talk about movies and shows where the fabric made the movie stand out. And a film that I reviewed a couple seasons ago, Devil Wears Prada, which I love, classic. It's a wonderful example of that. I'm a huge fan of outerwear that makes you feel elegant, you know, like the coats Nicole Kidman wore in The Undoing, which is on HBO and HBO Max. If you haven't checked that out, it's a really great, suspenseful, limited series. Um, My picks will include chess pieces, Buckingham Palace, Golden Whips, and some journalism. So this is... Going to be very interesting. Those are just some clues. The outfits and the plots, all the drama, we're going to unpack it all. So buckle up. It'll be fun. Beep, beep. <laughs> Not beep, beep. Beep, beep. Okay. The plots <laughs> and the platforms, you guys. <laughs> all of them. All of them. I love, a, I love a good fit, though. I'm a huge fan Seriously. of fashion and style. Is a, is a fashionista in her own right. 
Her style is very like chic meets, uh, I don't even know what the word is, so unique. Chic meets um, just, you know, pops of color combined mm-hmm. with texture. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chelsea has lots of dope fits. Mm-hmm. Lots That's of combination. For sure, because I like the whole like modern aesthetic, but also like being able to be like a uh, throwback with looking smart with some blazers and throwback with some like hippie print, some type of 70s, 60s style intermixed, you know? So it's like a modern fusion where the past meets the present, I would say. And I feel like Taj's style is, wow, it's so, it's definitely unique, but in the same type, like, I feel like you could be like really sporty and athletic, which I can be sometimes, but just like more so athletic and sporty. And Tajiana is known for her windbreakers, y'all. I don't know if y'all know, but- She's part of the windbreaker ministry because she. <laughs> I, I was supposed to be in my twenties in the nineties. Okay, I'm in the wrong body. It's her. She embodies that the whole, and I feel like not just all nineties, but like the end of the eighties. Because the end of the eighties, they started wearing like nineties type mm-hmm. of fashion. Yeah, you feel some vests and nostalgic, yeah. so nostalgic. She's just like, yes. What up? What up? What up? Fresh Prince, all day. That's her all day. It's cute though. She makes it work. And you have to know what works for you or what fits your style. So it's so key. Um, okay, let's get into our movies. Um, first up is Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, this is on HBO and HBO Max, came out on Christmas. Uh, it's directed by Patty Jenkins, and this got 61% on Rotten Tomatoes, and about 68% of Google users liked it, so not too much of a change. This is uh, a sequel of course, to the original Wonder Woman. And I saw it over the, hol- over the holidays. You know, it was fun. This movie stars Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, Chris Pine as Steve Trevor, Kristen Wiig as Barbara, a.k.a. Cheetah. More on that later. And Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord, who is the creepiest villain I've seen in a while, who, for some reason, also always wore a suit. So I thought that was intriguing, you know? Um, old school villain type, I guess, because it's the 80s. Um, Diana Prince lives quietly among mortals in the vibrant, sleek 80s era of excess, driven by the pursuit of having it all. Though she comes into her full powers, um, she maintains a low profile by curating ancient artifacts at the Smithsonian and performing heroic acts incognito. But soon she has to muster all of her strength, wisdom, and courage as she finds herself squaring off against Maxwell Lord and the Cheetah, a villainess who possesses superhuman strength and agility. So this film reminded me of part two of Into the Woods because it's like what happens when you get what you wish for, basically, and how everything is not as it seems. That was basically the message of the film because Maxwell becomes the dream stone itself that he steals from the Smithsonian that Barbara and Wonder Woman work at. And Wonder Woman is Barbara's superior, but Barbara's like obsessed with her so much so that she becomes like um, her nemesis, you know, because she wants to be Diana. Um, who was also Wonder Woman simultaneously. Um, It was chaotic at times because the Dreamstone is breaking him apart while it also grants people's wishes and his organs are failing and dying inside because he's taking on too much because he's just a man at the end of the day. Um, This film had three different acts. Diana wishes that Steve comes back to life and he does. Chris Pine shows up, but it's in someone else's body and someone else's like, like it's his mind, but he's in someone else's uh, body as it were so and it's funny because he's from 1918 
So it's funny to see him like adjust to the 1980s style. And, you know, sequels aren't always very good except for The Faithful Few, but this one was really entertaining. And I love any type of action movie. So it has cool effects, some really great fight sequences, car chases. It had incredible coats and fits that paid um, homage to that decade. Lindy Hemming did an amazing job as costume designer for this film. And my favorite look I want to highlight since today is all about clothes this week uh, was the white coat and pants combo Gal Gadot wore with white heels when she went out dining alone. She's like, oh, just for one. And she had this candle at dinner and everything. And she's lonely because she's missing Steve. But she was sharp. I know she was like brokenhearted, but she was looking great. Very fierce. (laughs) Fashionably sad. Right. She was fashionably sad. She was sad, but she looked good. I'm just saying. Um, So that was really great. Uh, (laughs) The next one I'm going to highlight. Now, I'm just going to pick apart different bits and pieces and kind of jump around with this one because this is a show which is four seasons are out already. I'm talking about The Crown, which started in 2016. And it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original created by Peter Moran. And this um, season, season four, the most recent one, holds a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. I've loved all four seasons that I saw. Um, It's very interesting. One of my best friends, it's one of her favorites. So she told me to watch it. And I was just like, okay, I'll check it out. You know, but I didn't think I was a little leery because I was never a fan or follower of the royal family, anything like that, you know. Um, and it's a period piece. I was like, okay, well, we'll see, you know, it's not necessarily my style, but, uh, I binged it in a week over Thanksgiving. So oops, (laughs) oops, oops, all four seasons in a week, literally day and night, just the crown, the crown, the crown. Um, (laughs) it was so intriguing though, just learning the history probably because I didn't know anything about like the Royal family and the dramatic interpretation brought to life. Um, to me, this show is basically a workplace drama, you know, um, even when you're talking about royalty and the sovereign and everything like that, it's a workplace drama. And I like the premiere episode is called Wolferton Splash and the king is hunting, et cetera, at this location, you know, so I'm like, oh, okay, Wolferton, he's hunting. So Wolferton Splash, I guess. But the title of the episode resonated with me personally because it had different metaphors. So the splash could have been like him being ill and not disclosing information to his family and uh, the future Queen Elizabeth, because right now she's still a princess, not knowing what's on the horizon for her life, you know, Um, and thinking she's just going to be like in the English countryside and just be happy with her husband and kids, you know, and not, you know, her fiance at this point and things like that. Um, But I also enjoy how as the decades uh, pass, the fashion progresses. Amy Roberts was able to mold the evolution of Princess Diana um, in particular from season four, from this English countryside girl to a bonafide royal. Uh, The looks were really divine. I especially love how you grow to appreciate um, Prince Philip once you realize how much hell he went through at this Scottish boarding school um, that gets unpacked in season three, I believe, or season two, possibly. But it's a really great show. Claire Foy plays um, Queen Elizabeth II in seasons one and two, and she's featured in season four. So because, of course, you have people who are going through these different decades of life, you have different actors playing them. And then you have Olivia Coleman from The Favorite. She's a great actress as well. She's Queen Elizabeth II in seasons three and four. And so seasons one and two, uh, Queen Elizabeth II's husband, the Prince Philip, Duke of 
Edinburgh is Matt Smith for seasons one and two. And then it's Tobias Menzies in seasons three and four. Tobias is so great uh, playing against Olivia Coleman. Like this, I really enjoyed um, his work. And then you got Vanessa Kirby um, and Helena Bonham Carter, both playing Princess Margaret, Countess of, of Snowden and things like that. And it's, it's very interesting. Um, the girl who played, I believe her name is Emma Corrin, who plays Princess Diana. Um, it was very interesting um, seeing that unfold and just seeing um, that that play out. <laughs> and then you have Josh O'Connor, who plays Prince Charles, and he is definitely portrayed as a villain in this um, show. And uh, you'll see why uh, when that unfolds. But um, it's a great show, I feel like. Even if you aren't really into period dramas, you would enjoy it. So you should definitely check that out. John Lithgow plays Winston Churchill as well. He's featured in seasons two and three, but primarily in season one. So that's that one. Lastly, well, second to last, I want to talk about The Queen's Gambit. And so this came out October 2020. It's on Netflix. Todd is already shaking her head. She's like... I haven't even finished it, and I, I can't. No, you have to. <laughs> I can't. No, I'm going to finish it. But The Queen's Gambit is serious, you guys. It is very, very dynamic and raw. And, yeah, these fits. Anyways, yeah. It's so good. See, it's very <laughs> dynamic. It's really, y'all, it's good. It's another period piece, kind of like The Crown. But, you know, uh, it received 97% on Rotten Tomatoes and it embodies the 1960s style and it's all it's like it's gorgeous you got the winged eyeliner to the straight fine line clothing you know the a-lines things like that so the synopsis is it's set during the cold war era you have orphaned chess prodigy Beth Harmon struggling with addiction in a quest to become the greatest chess player in the world so Beth Harmon played by Anya Taylor Joy is a tour de force in this limited series so her character best struggles with drug and alcohol dependency and she has abandonment issues. She's raised in an orphanage and she's basically isolated except for the, she's isolated except for the friendly janitor who's like her sole father figure who sparked her interest in chest. Her friend Jolene played by Moses Ingram is her black childhood friend in the orphanage. And so she's adopted by a family who is so aloof. The father doesn't care for her. He's like, I never wanted you anyway. Um, her mother uses her for selfish game because of her talent and she wants to make money off her. She has unrequited love with this chess player named Towns played by Jacob Fortune Lloyd. Um, and I believe I saw him last in the devil all the time. Um, so that was really good. And uh, she has a passing fling with her mentor and friend, Benny Watts played by Thomas Brody Sangster. I know him from the little boy in love actually. It immerses you into the show. And the thing about the good costume design is that fabric can really pave the way. According to the Brooklyn Museum website, Queen's Gambit was um, designed by Gabriel Bender. And the costumes reflect the growing sophistication and self-assurance of the main character, Beth, and the fictional uh, 1960s chess champion, you know, incorporating structural lines, black and white patterns, and materializing elements of the game into her wardrobe which is really cool you know we got the aga the prints the stripes and stuff like that kind of like a chessboard you know i thought that was really unique and dynamic i also enjoy how uh joy the actress uh comes from a dancing background and she never played chess before 
Um, so I thought that was interesting because like just the way she's doing it and acting in this show, this limited series. So beforehand, she would rehearse the fast paced movements of the chess pieces as if it was a dance with her fingers. And I'm like, yes, very cool. You know, you got to you got to make it work. You got to make it do what it do, baby. You know, <laughs> very interesting. So I feel like y'all should check that out. You'd really enjoy it. Lastly, this show is another one like The Crown where I was like, I don't think I'm gonna like this. It's the morning show though. It's on Apple TV created by Jay Carson came out in November of 2019. I didn't watch it till last year. It's an inside look at the modern workplace another workplace drama through the lens of the people who help America wake up, you know, in a morning show pulling back the curtain on early morning television. Sophie DeRakoff, I hope I'm saying that right, um, is the costume designer for the show and really dived into not just blazers and coats, because anybody can do that for, you know, journalistic purposes, but muted tones. You got the earth tones, the browns, the blacks, the white stripes, maybe if they're feeling frisky, which was interesting. It gave me very much dark academia vibes, which is a very, I love that aesthetic. So, you know, I'm biased, but it's fine. Seriously, I love anything to do with broadcast journalism. And this is a show I did not know that I was going to enjoy, but I really did. I binged it like nobody's business. I binged it over like two days. Um, this got a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes, but I personally think that's a little harsh because I just like the writing. It was one of those shows where it's like, I thought Aaron Sorkin wrote the script, you know? It reminded me of that. Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston play off each other very well. Billy Crudip was a scene stealer as... Corey Ellison, one of the big wigs who nonchalantly like starts a fire of reconstructing the newsroom and the news world, uh, however he wants, quickly starting what would be an Attica type of breakdown. Um, the show centers on Steve Carell's character as Mitch Kessler, who is a sexual predator, and the story um, breaks about his scandal, um, and the explosion continues. Um, this is a thinly veiled retelling of the Matt Lauer sexual abuse scandal, you know, with the Today Show. Gugu Mabatha Raw, um, love her, so talented. Beyond the Lights, movies like that. Um, she plays Hannah Schoenfeld. She's the head talent booker for the morning show. And so you have the fast paced dialogue, um, which matched the on the go looks of the, that the show like advertised and what it's giving you. You know, it's everyone's always moving and, and shaking and stuff like that so you know um sometimes they'll wear heels if they're going to be in the studio but if there's a story that's about to break you know they're like doing this monologue in the dressing room with hair and makeup then they're throwing on their slip-ons and, and leaving which I thought was like really cool to just the clothes match the aesthetic and the mood of the characters which is good because you don't want to watch a show where it's like okay, I get what they're doing, but I get their choices they're making, but, like, why are they wearing that? Like, I don't feel like that character would wear that. And, you know, you hate it when you watch something, it's like, I don't feel like they would do that. Kind of like when they say a line that really doesn't make sense to you, it's like, why would they? Because leading up to it, I don't get that intention, so why did it fall flat, you know? You know? (laughs) Such an actor. Oh, I know, right? I don't know why they made that choice, but I mean, I don't know. That but definitely makes sense. That definitely makes sense. You know, yeah, yeah. Make sure everybody's on brand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's like, Gugu played the head booker, so she had on a lot of slip-on shoes and some vans and stuff she could just put on and go, you know, and, and some, like, hoodies, oversized coats and stuff like that. And it's like, well, that makes sense, because she's always trying to 
get the latest and greatest on the show she wouldn't be primping as much because she doesn't want to lose time she's working you know so I, I thought that was cool um those are my choices for this week Taji let me know what yours are yeah I feel like um it was like junior senior of high school and mine's was most likely to be to have their own reality show <laughs> and I just remember that and I was like wow thanks guys I don't really know how to take this I was like I was thinking more narrative stuff um, because everybody knows like, oh yeah, she's in drama and she's in the film track in high school. It, w- it was just a lot. Um, but I love it. And, and with that being said, when it comes to reality, the first fashion centered um, piece of content I wanted to talk about is, of course, very self-explanatory America's Next Top Model, um, which you guys, I feel like depending on how old you are um, and especially um, if you're a woman, then you would definitely understand um, how (laughs) pivotal this show, like what this show did for the culture. Um, Obviously, you know, this show is created by Tyra Banks. Um, They actually ran uh, for 24 seasons, which is ridiculous. Um, You can actually watch the show right now on Netflix and what this show is very, very straightforward. It's just aspiring models who are competing for the title of America's Next Top Model so that they can, you know, enhance their modeling career and get opportunities and things of that sort. So, um, yeah, um, this is just a very big franchise that she's built and it's, um, it's put a lot of people in great positions to further their career in terms of fashion and modeling. Um, what I will say about the the fashion, um, I, I know y'all think Tyra is a mess, but we, we just go and leave that alone. I come here to make friends. I came here to be his next top model. <laughs> Tyra, no, they no no. When she when she pretended like she was fainting, that's what really got me. And somebody put that on Twitter or Instagram recently, and I was like, I literally forgot about this episode. Obviously, yeah. I can't quote every episode verbatim. But I will say that I very much, um, my mom used to watch the show because my mom used to be um, a model. That's how she gained um, her self-confidence. She used to be really shy. Um, and so she used modeling as an outlet to build her confidence. So she used to do runway, um, runway and print. So with modeling um, and this show, I feel like the, the way that it's structured um, was definitely very interesting and keeps your attention. One, yeah, because the reality part and the drama and the tension and the stress, but also each you know time they have a different theme and they go off with these photographers and they have to accomplish a different theme. And I feel like I always appreciated the vast, like diverse themes and like the you know, whether it's okay, you know, all black or it's something like you got to go out, you know, into the greenery and be with the plants and like, you know, work with these, these stylists and work with people in order to come up with a look that is congruent with whatever the theme is. Mm-hmm. Um, they had one where they were kind of like outside in some type of like, kind of junkyard-esque, like, I don't know, hall and like they just have so many fun themes. And so it's like fun to see how the outfits match them or complement whatever the theme is. I remember one was that when they were like, I think Takara was on there because that was when I was watching in like Ava Pigford and they um she didn't want to be nude, but they got painted like with jeans and stuff like that. And they were naked clothes on them. That was really cool. Yeah, they have very, very, very unique themes, very outlandish themes. Um, I think when I was um, growing up uh, watching it, um, Eva 
uh, had that <laughs> tarantula um, on her on her hand, and that was a very iconic look because um, obviously that's not specific to clothing, but the point is in terms of how they compose everything, they had to make sure that you know they they complement how making sure that everything complements each other. Right. Um, so. Um, when they did those things or they did, you know, their cover girl shoots, you know, very like simple glam or soft glam with like, you know, outdoors, like I just appreciate it or they'll do pastels or we'll do, you know, uh, shimmer glam, you know, okay, now you're going to be outside and we'll do the snow or like, it's just so vast. And I appreciate all the looks um, and all of the things I know they got renewed. Actually, um, they brought the show back um like recently they're not they I was reading and they're saying they're not renewing another season but they were saying it had came back um I think it was in um 20 what was that 2017 um or something like that um because they were saying that the America's Next Top model no longer fits the network's uh, brand which is why it was canceled in 2015 but I think they had like brought it back or something I don't know but they they have a very very long <laughs> like list of like you know just in terms of the judges and like everything like that it's a very needy um show so there's yeah. always a look I feel like you'll enjoy whether it's more commercial or more experimental so mm-hmm. I appreciate the show so much um, anxiety too with like her picking out yeah. headshots <laughs> when she had to send yeah. people home and we were rooting for you we were all rooting for you yeah, and she's just dramatic in general, and also like if you're creating your own reality show, you're obviously going to be on ten for no reason. He's all, oh um, my god. Yeah, I feel like all we're of the about acting. Where are we going? <laughs> no, we go where? <laughs> this woman, I just feel like the extra emotions are not necessary in life. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm a very simple person. When people are outlandish and like. <laughs> have extra emotions for no reason it's no like reason. i'm already an actor we don't need to do this in real life like I just, if you're trying to be funny but like she was like being extra just she's so extra because like her show she had a talk show for a little bit and she was just as extra i think that's just her as a person she's very animated and very out there and in your face um and that added to the stress of like oh gosh are they gonna who's gonna win this look and you know just it's a lot but anyways Y'all know, that's America's Next Top Model. Um, the next one that I wanted to talk about, my fave, of course, have to um, talk about uh, Euphoria. I don't know if we um, mentioned specifically the fashion in the past, but with Euphoria, I feel like this is um, this show has been a game changer. Um, only, you know, having um, that first season out and, like, have developed such strong characters and literally, you know, kudos to you know, hair and makeup and the costume department because um, all of the looks are very specific to the characters. You know, those departments have to work closely, you know, with the other people in other departments to figure out what type of story are we telling? What type of character is this? And so, um, you know, from Jules and, you know, just like these very uh, weird patterns, um, you know, to just, you know, Gia you know, little sis, her very simple, you know, looks because she's a younger character. 
Um, Taru, you know, she's going through a lot of mental issues. So obviously hers is going to be, you know, I'm throwing on a hoodie and some jeans and calling it a day. Um, and then she has her, you know, occasional things where she'll pop out, you know, right, for specific episodes. Um, as well with Jules, um, she always has some type of like long, like like a cardigan or like some type of drapery around her, it seems like. Um, and I know everybody is very, very, you know, I feel like the most mimicked character um, the, the of all time is Maddie in her unique and very, you know, outlandish with the sequins and the stones and her makeup looks and also just the very bold, you know, um, outfit choices in terms of like sheer type of things. There's lots of like bralettes in this show um, or, you know, they'll do like bralettes with like some platforms and some type of pants and maybe like something hanging over it, you know, two buns with like some like outlandish eyeliner. Like it's just very like, I don't know, it's kind of almost sci-fi like um, which is very interesting. Um, I actually know um, a makeup artist who has worked on the show um, and just, she talked about how it's just so fun. Um, and I know one of the DPs who worked on it, who filmed an episode as well. And they just always talk about how fun the show is. Um, also uh, with Cassie, these bodysuits, she's just like, you know, your typical, like, you know, come through with a bodysuit and some jeans with her hair crimped, you know, um, and stuff like that. So, and then that episode where Kat, you know, she, um, what, how do I say this? She, she stepped out when she gained some self-confidence and she came with a very, you know, goth chic type of look. Um, and you can see that transformation from how she was dressed before to how she would dress after she gained that confidence. Um, and you guys have to watch the show to see how each episode plays out, but um, the outfits are wrong, though, aren't they? Like, I know they're playing high schoolers, but like, I'm scared of them. If I saw, like, because we didn't dress like that in high school. I mean, I didn't. It was like, no, I think, I think there was only a handful of people who were like, I don't know. When I was in middle school, like, I overheard like people were like, oh yeah, you know, you wear heels in high school. I was like, what? Right. Um, but not everybody dressed like that. I dre- definitely dress more for comfort than for than to be cute. Um, but I do think that it sends a message about, you know, I, I do like the message of like, um, yeah, I'm in high school and I'm a dress up because why right. not? And it mm-hmm. shows like with their confidence, obviously they have some other underlying issues, which the confidence was kind of mm-hmm. overshadowing and overcompensating for. But for the most part, if you hold yourself to that, you know, esteem, then, you know, that translates through to your fashion. So that, that's something I want to work on this year is um, popping well, out. I, I, just uh, I was really into layering in high school, like layering my layering my clothes. And then like, mm-hmm. I would wear a lot of like, um, tube socks, but like multicolored with like cute little sundresses that paired it. Or sometimes I wear a graphic mm-hmm. tee and skinny jeans would be casual, but I will put on some heels. So I started wearing heels in high school, but not like super tall high heels or things like that, but just like fun chunky stuff that right. I felt cute in and stuff like that it wasn't anything yeah. like too you know ahead of my time but I was definitely into fashion and experimenting with certain stuff so sometimes mm-hmm. I'd wear a long sleeve shirt with like a mini corset on top and stuff like that so I just wanted to be different and very much vintage you know um I remember one funny story thinking about how grown people are in euphoria I was really into silly bands and like eighth grade oh ninth grade Oh my gosh. And then my mother all up your arm. Yeah, all the way up my arm. It was so cool. And then okay, some girls in my pre AP history class were talking about what the colors meant, I guess. But I was like, I don't know, like 
whatever. My sister had a job at like Justice yeah, at the time. So I was oh like, my God. I love, I love Justice. So it's like she got me, she got me all the high school musical gear, you know, the Taylor Swift CDs, the new stuff that was dropping. She, you know, got it secure with a discount because she worked at Justice. So I was just like, whatever, like I got it, my sister got it for me from Justice and stuff like that. I'm like, well, I know my truth. That's not my truth, you know, came home. I guess my mother found out by um, somebody at her church or something was telling her what the colors meant. (laughs) how far you've gone with the guy she took all my silly bands and threw them away oh. i was so hurt i was like no that stuff is not even real people just be making <laughs> up whatever to say oh, what i was like i was like 14 i was like mommy please no i'm a good girl please don't take away my silly bands <laughs> <laughs> she's like i'm not about to have my child out here about how how many things she's like well i know you aren't out there doing it i just don't want it to look like you are and i was like Okay, so I couldn't really again. She was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, okay, why? I'm right now. <laughs> why do young people have to ruin everything good? <laughs> yeah, our culture, yeah, people with, you know, just the total over-sexualization in our culture just ruins a lot of things. As, and if you guys watch Euphoria, you yeah. will see how things get complicated. But, um... Yeah. But yeah, you guys can watch the show on HBO Max. Um, it's only one season, of course, starring the illustrious Zendaya. But um, if you're not familiar with it, um, please go watch it. Um, obviously, from, you know, this mini conversation, you could tell that it highlights high school life and, you know, talking about drug addiction, mental health issues yeah. and things of that sort. So you should definitely go watch it. It's a it's the American adaptation of an um, Israeli um, show of the same name. So you should Watch and it. The premiere, um, what was like a like a Christmas special or something? That was good. Yes. If you guys have not watched that, watch that as well. So good. So yeah. good. Shout out to Coleman Domingo. Um, amazing. So good. Um, he was in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, y'all. So please check that out. I, oh, I have to talk. We have to have a special when we talk about Ma Rainey because. Ma Rainey, Ma Rainey, Ma Rainey. He's got all right. that he's a leftover. <laughs> I was like, ah! Tears. The monologues. And I was looking at it like, this is acting. Do y'all see this? This is oh acting. Oh my gosh. She's an actor, you guys. <laughs> I love I'm it. Like, this is what they call acting. Y'all don't know. Ugh. I love it. I love it. Well, before we get into that in a future episode, last one is half and half. I've been watching, I've actually watched um, the whole show over break and um, you guys know I was re-watching and watching a lot of um, old, you know, 90s, early thousands TV shows that I didn't get to watch um, that I, you know, missed growing up. And so um, with Half and Half, it basically, if you're not familiar, it highlights two half sisters, ha ha ha, um, and their lives as they, you know, navigate living in the same apartment building together to become um, neighbors, um, and it's actually based in San Francisco. Um, shout out to the city. Um, but yeah, so um, it highlights their lives. I will say that I thoroughly, thoroughly resonate, enjoy, am a fan of second Mona's outfits. Um, <laughs> Mona Thorne um, is one of the sisters, of course, and her style is very much hippie, and that's how her character is. So, you know, it makes sense. Once again, talking about, you know, costume design, making sense for the character, right? You know, she's wearing a lot of bohemian type of themed outfits. She wears a lot of patterns of 
a lot of, you know, loose blouses with like a skirt and like some clunky boots or like things like that. Like she looks like she's like a mix between a hippie and a witch. Um, and she's just really, really cute. Um, and I just love her outfits. I really wish that I could just steal them um, from the show. Um, and then obviously her sister Dee Dee is a complete, um, I don't know if I would say complete opposite, um, but yeah, complete opposite low key because she is more classy, more chic. Um, she, you know, she's in law school, she's more clean cut, you know, um, and she's in a higher, you know, income tax bracket. So that kind of, you know, goes along with how they dress. So she's more like leather jackets, leather pants, you know, a shirt showing a little cleavage, a jean button up here and there, a long coat with some nice, you know, booties or heels and like a Gucci bag, Prada bag. Um, So she is definitely more of the um, more of the classy gal. Um, And so I resonate with Mona more, but I love how each character's outfits, they just always came through with like very like strong choices I feel like for those outfits and they just align with the characters so well um so those are my three please watch those pieces if you have not and yeah awesome great stuff thank you guys so much for listening please tune in next week we will be discussing travel movies oh yeah so fun or as I like to call it they went where with what budget with what with what money? You got McDonald's money? I don't think so. No. Nah. Oh my goodness. Travel movies and shows, y'all. Be advised. We're just having some fun during lockdown. We're not actually trying to go anywhere, you know, mm-hmm. especially outside yeah, of right. county. It's a mess right now, you know. Please stay safe. Wear a mask. <laughs> no, wash your hands. Come on, y'all. Y'all know. <laughs> In warm to hot water. Please. Yes. Thank Fifteen you. to twenty seconds, please. You can travel yourself to the bathroom to wash your hands. But I just blow the spray when you're coming in from the house, and you know you just gotta you gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta be faithful. Kind of like when you maybe don't want to take your makeup off at the end yeah. of the day when you're tired after you had a long day. Like wash your face and just do it anyway. Just take that extra step. Come on, y'all. We can do this. We can do this. Um, feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Shea Butter Pop or on Instagram at Shea Butter Pop Porn. Follow us individually as well. Follow me at Tajiana Official on Instagram and at Tajiana Tweets on Twitter. 